When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. And welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. Tuesday. Tuesday's edition of Monday's edition <laughs> of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. It is still Monday in our hearts, but Tuesday in reality. Yes. Um, first of all, we'd like to um, thank everyone who came along to a live show on Friday night. All of us had a smashing time and um, it seemed to go down well. So, um, yeah, thanks for that. And hopefully we'll be doing uh, doing some more of those if uh, our schedules allow it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes but it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, we may or may not release um, those podcasts. I think we had some issues with audio. Um, so it may be that they are unrecoverable. But if they are recoverable, we will yeah. um, get them out to you. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we've got a busy weekend of action um, just been. It was the Scottish Cup round five. And so we've got eight games to talk through. Um, the reason we we're on on Tuesday night is because the Highland Derby was last night. And in fact, let's uh, start there. Start in Dingwall, where Ross County and Inverness Caledonian Thistle played out a really enthralling 2-2 draw best game of the weekend yeah. I think um, you know the, the standard of goal but also just the, the fact that it was a proper ebb and flow derby you know there was uh, periods when Cali Thistle were right on top periods when County were right on top you can kind of split it and say that Cali Thistle had the first half Ross County had the second but that's not entirely true I, I think you know Garding was causing a lot of issues to start with and then Cali grew into the game he wasn't getting much change out of Brad Mackay for a bit but yeah, it was just a, a proper derby and, and it, was, it was always going to end the way it ended because it's Cali Thistle and yeah. they can't win games. Uh, they just don't know how to keep concentrating until the very end. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really, really did. I think of all the televised games, certainly over the weekend, that was the pick of the bunch. Yeah. Really, really good game. Yeah, really good game. Um, uh, and the fact that it was advertising a great advert for the league and the fact that we're going to have at least six well, no, we're not going to have any more than that. We're going to have uh, unless, well, no, we're, going have yeah. <laughs> we're going to have at least six uh, Highland derbies this season. Um, really good, good uh, um, advertisement for that game as well. Um, I think it was really intriguing the fact that two two teams playing a really open game, despite the fact they were playing two very different sorts of football. Yeah. Um, like Cali were moving it around. It was much slower paced, but they were kind of letting the ball do most of the work. Um, whereas Ross County were kind of up and at them and get the ball out wide and get, getting balls into the box. Um, really impressed that uh, Aaron Doran loves those games and yeah. scored a bunch of good goals, a bunch of crackers in, in, in that. And they started really well. Really impressed with Carlton Marco as well. Thought he was thought he was excellent. Um, like you say, Cali started really well, um, put Ross County on the back foot, scored maybe rode their luck a little bit in the towards the end of the first half but you know could have could have been further ahead then Ross County really came at them some smart tactical substitutions I think as, as well from Ferguson 
and um, yeah, just a, a a back and forward with both teams having chances to score 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 more. Right at the very end, you thought that uh, when Declan McManus went through, that would be that. Yeah, or at least I thought that would be that. But like you say, uh, finding new ways to I, yeah, yeah find new ways to draw. Is that Jose Mourinho uh, comment on Arsene Wenger when they called him a specialist in failure? Well, I think John Robertson's <laughs> like a specialist in. Medium. <laughs> um, I think I think Declan McManus going through towards the end was more of an alarm bell than a sort I mean, of. Oh, they've, been, they've got a number of them. It was it was so weird because uh, obviously Robertson came out after it and bemoaned the fact that his players didn't sort of resort to the dark arts of of taking the ball into the corner and keeping it there and, and just trying to hold possession. Um, but at the same time, the defence was so high when it came to those two attacks from County at the end. Just drop a bit deeper, you know. Let them come onto you a little bit. They they've done all right in actually stopping the guys like Gardine uh, having too much influence on the game. It was only really when Gardine went properly wide they could provide for for Ross Stewart. Um, but they didn't, and, and they lost their defensive shape completely in the last four it was minutes. A, it was a, or bit so. of, a bit of panic and a bit of yeah, as I say, they they almost they almost wanted to see out the game the way they'd been playing the rest of the game. But yeah. sometimes yeah, you have to make. But the fact was, even for the goal, they they were appealing for offside. But even the player in the middle, I don't know if it was Brian. They Gale, were both onside. Was was, uh, was still onside. Yeah. So it was, and Robertson even admitted that post match. Um, so yeah. it was very yeah, it was just and, and I mean I mean to be to be fair, it was a really nice finish. Um, ah, you know, was. under that sort of pressure. Um, um, you know, last minute and um, to put it away when you could. I mean, McManus missed the previous one. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think all four goals were actually really nicely taken in their own separate ways. Obviously, Doran's and absolute the banger. Mm-hmm. incredible. Um, but for Ross Stewart's goal, the ball in from Gardine and the fact that he's obviously he's a lanky boy, Stewart. Yeah, but uh, the I, fact I, that he could get his toe on it and get a hard toe on it and, and send it past I, Reggie I was great. Uh, Ross Stewart. He used to play with with my brother. Even they were. Straight partners at right. co-winning Rangers about five years ago, um, and yeah, I watched him, and he, and he is such a really good player. He's like a, he kind of reminds me of um, of a sort of budget Lee Irwin or something, but he's a big he's a big boy, but he's got a really nice touch, and he's faster than he looks, and he's yeah. kind of he's still he's still a bit raw, and you kind of always have that kind of weird feeling about him when you watch him play, but he, he does contribute things to games, and um, yeah, it's always nice to see a kind of um, you know a player like that who's uh, obviously had an kind of quick rise into second tier football maybe the, the step up to the Premiership this season was always going to be a bit, bit much for him with, yeah. with St Mirren but um, if he can establish himself in, at County it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, was, it was certainly a very good substitution to well, bring one That's it it's the second goal he scored in that fixture this season now as well so he seems to be enjoying the, the, the bigger occasion um, in the Highlands but even Brad McKay's goal, yeah. um, really nice touch to bring it down and then just lashed it, which is what you should do when you're four yards out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's, he's a player who's um, really excelled kind of out of the spotlight a bit. I think that's happened with a few at Inverness, um, called Donaldson being another, where they went, to, well, in McKay's case, he started at a big club, but they spent time um big clubs and it, it maybe never happen for them but then they've gone to Inverness they've kind of nobody's nobody's putting any pressure on them nobody's watching them too no, I don't mean that you know people are watching them but they're not under a huge spotlight and they have kind of rebuilt their career and now Brad McKay someone whom if, if he's signed for say St Johnson again um, you wouldn't be too surprised you know yeah. you you could see him playing at an okay premiership team um, where, where he would have been laughed out of, laughed out of time for saying that when he left St Johnston yeah I, I did though enjoy uh, Gardine attacking him in the first half and he just fell over like, for no good yeah. reason he didn't even slip he just sort of went on his arse and I was like oh Brad yeah. I've, I've missed you um, but no, in terms of the game itself I, I don't think County or um, Cali Thistle can be too upset with the draw I, I think it was just about the right result in the end um, and yeah, as I say it'll probably be another yeah, hopefully it'll be another blockbuster another, match at, uh, another drawing it'll go all the way to penalty <laughs> um, alright well we'll move on from there we'll move on to one of the other televised games and we'll go for uh, Aberdeen against Queen of the South at Pataudry on Sunday can we uh, just talk about Dolby's goal for five minutes and then yeah. leave it there <laughs> uh, the first half of that game was atrocious oh, it was awful. it was really um, really bad <laughs> there's very little to say about it very little happened um, and it was sparked into life by the introduction of Naomi again at half time um, McInnes not always the best with his substitutions I wouldn't say but in that in that occasion he got it he got it bang on he brought the right player on at the right time yeah moved the moved formation around a little bit it was almost like there should have been some evidence that Greg Stewart playing through the middle and putting two actual wingers that you've got 
out wide is a better move than like Stevie Mays has been good without scoring a goal, but good without scoring a goal is not as good as coming on within and within fifteen minutes scoring one and setting another one up. <laughs> um, so yeah, a, a, a very uh, an astute uh, substitution. And McGinn, I don't know whether McGinn's been rested for the last couple of weeks or if he's just not been fancied for whatever reason. But um, he's not been quite firing on all cylinders but looked far better when he came on Um, it was interesting how many there was an an awful lot of people saying that you know they can't believe that Dobby's done that whereas all I could think obviously he's slightly biased when he's 35 yards out is you know if you don't know where this is going (laughs) you have not been paying attention Um, yeah. it, it was very reminiscent it was actually a better quality version of uh, James McFadden's goal in Paris um, for France because he gets the ball kind of there's nobody anywhere near him and he basically like turned around and was like well I'm going to have to do this myself yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a, um, a no joke schedule I appreciate me saying this because McFadden should have been saved by the goalkeeper as much as it was a fantastic goal <laughs> but Dobby's, Dobby's Jolies had absolutely no, no chance with it it was an incredible goal it's just you know when you just sometimes see something really satisfying, you have to watch it like five times over. That view from behind the goal at the yeah, other end, yeah. watching it just arrow, I mean, it actually it, it kisses the top of the net as it goes in, which considering the distance he is out when he hits it... Is, and the ball doesn't really rotate. No. It's just... It's just dead. It's yeah. just absolutely Moving through dead. It. it. Honestly, it's... I absolutely adored that goal. <laughs> it was so good. Um, but, you know, as we were saying, I think Aberdeen were on top um, for the majority of that second half McGinn brought a bit of composure allowed Aberdeen to, almost seemed like they, he allowed them to come a bit further up the pitch um, and just stay there for a bit longer um, yeah it, it was never really in doubt we can talk about the penalty decision yeah, as well yeah, that, yeah. that, in a weekend of, of Watson or in fact a season of Watson lots of bad decisions that must be right up there that penalty decision yeah it was you're watching it live and you're like no that's not a penalty mm-hmm. and I'm pretty I, I feel like the assistant gave it yeah it was the assistant who yeah, gave yeah. it um, the referee didn't look interested so yeah just an awful decision but I, but, I mean the game was out of sight by then I think the game was gone yeah. uh, Cosgrove yeah. um, yeah. got, got that Goal machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're still giggling when we say Sam Cole's got goal machine because it still doesn't seem it's real. 13 goals in 12 13, games or yeah. something ridiculous like that. And they did not have one in 48 before that or something. So, yeah, one in four years. Yeah. And uh, now there's scouts coming up from the championship. Yeah, played for England before you know it. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. And uh, Andrew Constantine scored, which now means he scored more goals for Aberdeen than Hans Hillhouse. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Between the South fans, a lot saying they they were not at all surprised to see themselves conceding a conceding a goal from a set piece, and it was such an easy yeah. goal for Considine. They just they just never picked him up at all, and he was just letting probably the be, uh, probably the best header of the ball in the park just stroll in from to mm. six yards. It doesn't seem like a good a good match winning plan. I mean, yeah, I, I think there was a lot. It's the first. Is it the first time? I don't know. I think it's. I've only watched Queen and South a couple of times this season, and I think they were punished. Obviously, they were punished by a better team than they would have been uh, otherwise. But they they looked kind of fearless going forward, and not just Stephen Dobby. They looked like they they pressed in the middle of the park. They won the ball half the pitch, especially in the first half, and for a brief ten minute spell, five minute spell after they'd scored, they were. They were looking really good in the middle of the park, but I thought they were obviously massively stretched yeah. with personnel. The defence was all... There was a sense you could get at that defence, and even with very little happening in the first half, and I did say so wouldn't talk about it, there were a couple of times that, with no work whatsoever, Max Lowe and Garen Kest even got in behind there. Um, but, uh, you know, and the, you know, it was never a penalty, but... A, a yeah. comfortable and f- it was a f- I think overall it was a fair reflection of the way the second half went but just not a penalty nah, yeah. as I said just the game the game Queen of the South did not look like getting one goal back let alone two at that point but yeah. um, and like, it was the first time really watching Lyndon Dykes um, playing obviously same for Livy um, and, and back, on, back there in Lonnie he looks good he looks like a Livy type of striker as well yeah. and, um, well one that doesn't score goals well, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but works really hard it <laughs> um, was, was a pest a constant pest to, to um, both the Aberdeen centre backs yeah. and he, he, he looks like one who has a he may not. He may not have, do, have done particularly well at like Hearts or Hibs or something. But going to Livingston, well, they expect your striker to play like that. I think yeah. he, um, 
you know, he may well succeed. Yeah. Um, talking of succeeding, we'll uh, we'll go to the Borfest at um, Parkhead, where Celtic swept aside St Johnston five 0 Might as well talk about it to get out of the way. Um, yeah. Scott Sinclair scored a hat trick. That was a thing. Uh, St Johnston have lost about a million goals against Celtic recently. Mm-hmm, that's right. I guess. I guess. Sixteen this season. I guess the two talking points for me, um, first of all, was uh, is Scott being good? I find this harder than Sammy Cosgrove. So, yeah, like, but yeah, yeah, but like Gordon, good. I know Gordon's had his moments, but like, I just at some point, I've just I'm expecting there to be this sort of realization that that he's played enough games that he's going to get a league winners medal. Um, and he's come on leaps and bounds from the, the guy who was kind of like shunted out of Dundee and barely in and out the door at Hibs when he managed to get a league, a, a league, a league winner's medal with Celtic and that was a bit of a, a, a joke. He does look a lot better, but I still can't... He doesn't quite... The th- <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing for me with Bain is that in domestic competition, he is a good enough shot stopper to play for Celtic. Um his sort of awareness and stuff like that and his concentration seems to have upped since he was at Dundee. Uh, he's facing a lot less shots, um, but when he is facing those shots, he's he's pulling off the saves. I, I think the main thing that's a benefit for Celtic is Scott Bain allows them to properly play out from the back mm-hmm. because he is good with the ball at his feet, whereas Gordon, there's always been those question marks. Um, Scott Bain has got the sort of composure to just look out and, and find Cal McGregor in the midfield or, yeah. or find you know any 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 defender um, with with some ease who make themselves available. So I think the benefit starts there. Um, Celtic are starting a lot more attacks from their own defence now rather than sort of pinging it into midfield or, or seeing what happens that way. So I, I think he brings a real benefit that um, Gordon doesn't give them. But in terms of sheer goalkeeping ability, Craig Gordon is a better goalkeeper. Been tested at a higher level, more consistently. Um, yeah, that's 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 my sizzling take on the Scott Bain question. We joked last season when he when he signed, and he was obviously very much at that point back up to Craig Gordon. We joked at the time that oh, of course Gordon's going, he's going to end up somehow being chucked in against Zenit, you know, in that Europa League game. Last, you know, somehow something happened to Gordon. But now you're going into this game against Valencia on Thursday night, and presumably he's going to start. Mm. He started every game this year. He's he's not conceded a goal this year. You would presume he's going to start, and so you're talking about a guy who was sub goalkeeper for Hibs briefly, who couldn't get a game. I say couldn't get a game for the. Obviously, it was there was some, um, yeah. still the best goalkeeper at Dundee, but it was um, there was stuff going on. He's now going to be straightening out um, against well, one of the okay team from one of the best leagues in Europe, and <laughs> yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he goes. You're now starting to think, well, he's now going to be a shout for for. Scotland. Um, yeah, I mean, course, McGregor's yeah. probably not well, is number one, yeah. but he's he's not a young man. Mm-hmm. Um, people have talked about being for a while, and then he kind of faded. But now you're thinking it would be very hard to leave him out of the squad now. Um, Absolutely, I, I think you look at his opposite number um, in the several games they've played against each other yeah. in the last week or so. Uh, Xander Clark's had a fantastic a season as well. You know, you, you shouldn't just look at. The fact that Celtic have stunned a bunch of goals past them, yeah. because you know when Celtic get into the well, into he, the rhythm, he, then then that Clark, happens. Clark was um, was excellent last weekend in the he was. game. Um, yeah, you almost wonder if it now comes down to Clark versus Gordon for the third the third space in the squad, which is, is a ridiculous. But, thing then, to, but then you look at how well John McLaughlin's doing down at yeah. Sunderland as well. He's having a really strong season again. Um, you know, obviously had a great season at Hearts last year. He's he's replicating that at Sunderland. Um, so. There are a few goalies yeah, in the mix uh, that are certainly in the it's conversation. Good, it's good to have the choice. Yeah, I, I would prefer to see Xander Clark in a squad before Scott Bain because he's done it consistently over a season rather than Scott Bain who's been in and out, although he's played obviously consistently this year. Um, I'd rather see Clark rewarded for, for sustained um, sort of... He's deserved it for nearly two years. Well, deserved at least an inclusion. And he's been a, at least a... Th- Third choice goalkeeper for Scotland for at least eighteen months. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. The the other one then um, is, is Ollie Buck, who was probably the stand, even though Sinclair scored a hat trick, probably the standout attacker for Celtic on the Sunday. And he's one who I think people were a bit sceptical of him coming here because he's not the most refined player. He's very much strong and can run and can shoot. 
quite hard, but his touch is better than, than I gave him credit for. It's good to see he's not been affected by equine flu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> boy's a fucking thoroughbred. Yeah, he's he's just, he's so, when he gets going, um, when he's running, he's a sight to behold. He's, he's an absolute athlete, which is why a lot of people made the comparisons, stupidly, um, a few years ago with Gareth Bale, because yeah. when they get going, they're just gone. Um, but when Gareth Bale was the same age he was still fucking about at left back for Southampton yeah. or something yeah, yeah he was still incredibly wrong yeah. uh, but you, you could sort of see that the, the goal scoring mm-hmm. certainly ability for, for Bale and the, the wicked set pieces obviously yeah. allowed that so I'm not going to carry that comparison on too much further I yeah. think just the way that they are complete athletes yeah um, but certainly he's come in and made a hell of an impact you know not scored too many um, but the, the way he's getting in behind defences his composure when he gets to the byline to look up and see the likes of Scott Sinclair yeah. for his second for example um, he's, he's been really impressive um, yeah. so I, 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 think, I think that in the run up at the end of last year the end of 2018 there was Celtic looked weary and it wasn't for players you know playing too many games or anything like that they just looked like People, they would kind of got used to playing with each other, and they just needed some more ideas. Doesn't really matter what those ideas are, and he's brought, uh, as well as pace, just a sense of urgency and something unpredictable yeah, that's I, not always, and even his teammates doesn't don't necessarily seem to always be able to be on the same wavelength. I'm not even sure he's on the same wavelength as him sometimes. But there's a chaos factor to him. He's, he's a guy that takes you from a nil nil to a one nil. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I think Timothy Weir is the guy who takes you from a two 0 to a three 0 and he's a one. That's my personal view. Weir's a good player as well, and I'm probably going to regret saying that come Sunday. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think from St Johnson's point of view, they would just be really glad to see the back of Celtic, and yeah. the fullbacks in particular will be glad to see the back of Celtic because of just taking a pound in week after week. It seems like. Um, they didn't cover themselves either of them, especially the first goal. Tanza, Tanza let them in far too easy, and then Ricky Foster sleeping at the back post. I think they would just be, be glad to move on to games against not Celtic. You've, um, you've, yeah, you've seen it happen before. Like Motherwell, um, obviously a, a year back, a couple of years back, played Celtic a lot in quick succession. Uh, including in two cup finals, and they were just sort of like, "Fuck off, like, yeah. leave us alone." Uh, and and they took a real dent in form after yeah. that as well because. You know the energy that goes into getting scudded every week, um, as well as the the dent to the confidence, can be massive. Obviously, St Johnston were in a slight downward trend before they started playing Celtic anyway. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they sort of bounce back from from having been routinely pumped by Celtic. Um, well, I think we play Rangers at the weekend. Is that correct? So ah, uh, piece of piss. <laughs> um, Easy. Conceded. They've conceded sixteen in their games against Celtic this season and eighty-nine shots Oof. in six matches. They which... said goes back to his under clock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not too bad. The ratio. <laughs> um, Very true. All right, we'll move on to uh, to your your side, Robert. Yes. Um, I'll your your Sunday name there. Hart <laughs> uh, Hart of Midlothian in four, Rock and White Talbot in nil. Glorious win against big opposition. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what you're looking for. No, it, it was um, just a very professional performance from Hearts um, to the extent whereby, I mean, Demi Mitchell was for me the man of the match, but that's mostly down to the fact they got two assists and a goal. No one really stood out in the game for Hearts. Um, they, they all went about their business. They didn't... I mean, they looked like a team full of international players against a team full of juniors. Yeah. And that, it was all just very sort of... For a four nil, it was quite downbeat, and yeah, it, it was just sort of it was something that, that Levine obviously had them drilled and just said we're beating them, we're scoring goals early, and then that's going to be yeah, it. It's, it's a no, it's a no win for Hearts. Like nobody, like what, what are you going to get out of it? Even if you beat them ten nil, nobody yeah. would. I mean, they've already done that apart from anything. It wouldn't be wouldn't be yeah. new for Hearts, but um, yeah. So it's almost just yeah, turn up, turn them over quarter-final job done absolutely there, there, was, there was a slight bit of experimentation because we, we kind of started with a 4-2-2-2 uh, with Claire and Naismith as the more advanced sort of slightly wider midfielders did that for about 15 minutes and no one looked like they knew what they were doing <laughs> so yeah. so they stopped doing that and that's well no one looked like they knew what they were doing but we still scored twice in that spell yeah. um, so we reverted back to a more sort of conventional 4-2 four, four, kind of thing 4-3 uh, 1-2 whatever um, and, and it was all a lot more functional um, but yeah at, at Auchinleck 
fair play to them. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they came and they played a four-one-four-one. They sat behind the ball, even four-nil down, no, sat yeah. behind the ball, and, and and they were really professional in the way that they went about things they, as well. They had um, a couple of nice moves. You could see did. that in the highlights. It wasn't like. They got in behind, the yeah. Park, they like. got, got in behind a couple of times. Jamie Glasgow should have done a lot better twice, um, and, and Wilson up front as well. So uh, honestly, I, I think you can't begrudge them their, their big sort of celebration at the end of the game and stuff like that. Yeah, they brought, I mean, brought eighteen hundred fans, which is more than the vast majority of Premiership sides are going to bring. So yeah, I, I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion that, that Hearts were going to win that game. They did. Uh, but Auchinleck can hold their heads high as well I think the, the main talking point for me is Aidan Keener yep. um, he's he's looked really sharp really confident in, in every game he's played so far obviously he played in the, the 2-1 loss to Dundee not the best uh, sort of starting point for yeah. him but every time he's come on since then he's he looks really impressive he's, he's 19 years old he's quite a big lad but he's not huge You know, he's not a David Vanacek he's, he's about 6'1", 6 foot, something like that but he has a really good touch on him, really good awareness. He's not afraid to drop deep and, and sort of play the ball into the bigger striker, look for it back and hit a shot from distance. Um, he scored a lot of goals at Dunfermline and Queen's Park on his loan spells. And yeah, it's the first time I've seen a, a young striker come through at Hearts looking hungry and confident and, and looking like he could score every time he comes on. Um, so really looking forward to seeing sort of how he progresses from here as well because he's he's up against a lot. You know, Stephen McLean, Stephen yeah. Naismith, Uchek Piazu, David Vanacek, all these guys theoretically should be ahead of him. But I think, you know, he's shown so far that he could elbow his way in and, and have a lot more minutes than people I would expect. The, the fact that he didn't go out on loan again yeah. says, says a lot from him. And I, I haven't watched I haven't seen a huge amount but Saw the goal. Saw the goal he scored against Cali. Um, was an absolute screamer. He, he scored. Um, went to Fram and I think they won that game. No, it was a two. It was a draw. Of course, of course it was a draw. <laughs> it was a draw. Um, but yeah, they've really missed him. And uh, I think there's, uh, you know, that that's quite high praise for a 19 year old at championship level that he's quite comfortably been their player of the season yeah. he's only there for he, just, he just brings something a bit different because he's a striker that, that doesn't just thrive on being in the penalty box he can hit it from distance he's scored some ridiculous goals for Queen's Park scored scored one from pretty much the centre circle lobbed the goalie and I was like oh, well, yeah. this guy might actually be quite good but it's only Queen's Park um, <laughs> but yeah he, he does he just brings something different and as I say with Vanishek misfiring massively so far um, but, uh, that's Aidan Keener I think comfortably Ahead of him in the pecking order. Probably opening. good for Levine then that for Vanacek, assuming I mean I know Levine does sometimes just write a player off straight away. It doesn't have the pressure to keep persisting with Vanacek. He can let him go away, settle into the club, yep. and then I'm guessing I'm guessing one of those names that you mentioned, at least one of them won't, won't be at the club next season. For example, McLean might might take a step down if he, he's been he's been fine at Hearts but yeah. for example or, or Richie might be moved on or, or you know Naismith might not come whatever might happen yeah I, I think I think the, the one that's most likely is Naismith won't stay yeah. uh, McLean's got another year in his contract Uchi's getting a contract extension yeah. Vanichek's got another year unless Vanichek's god awful yeah. until then so it will be interesting because Dario Zanata's coming back course, next year yeah. as well um, he's signed a contract extension I, I do think Hearts have been stockpiling these young players and, and you see like Hearts I mean every time they I mean, Craig Telford jokes about it on the um, lower league podcast about mentioning players on loan from Hearts, but it's because Hearts seem to have a player on loan at every single club in Scotland. Yeah. By the law of averages, surely some of them will then be good enough to come and play in the first team. That's pretty much We're already it. talking about some of the younger players there, so there's a lot to kind of look forward to if they can, you know, pull it all together into a team. And you saw what happened at the start of this season. I'm certainly concerned that, um, that they're going to end up finishing ahead of Kelly now, um, just because. Not through, not through us, kind of doing anything different than doing. Just I think Hearts could easily put a, a massive run together, and fair play to them if they do. I, th- I think they're a yeah a dangerous prospect for the rest of the season. They've obviously got a less challenging, uh, still a tough game, but a less yeah. challenging tie than it could have been in the quarter final. So they're they're going to fancy their chances in the cup. So from a season that looked like it was maybe falling away in kind of December time. Um, it's, it's quite a positive time. I think, yeah, I, for for me, it's it's always it's always been look at the sheer number of first team players that are out just now. When they all come back, theoretically, we should be a lot better. And you know, a, a couple of a couple of dodgy results since Uchi and Naismith and Berra have come back show that maybe that's not the case. Maybe it will be just a, a bit of a win win more games than you lose until the end of the season. Yeah. But it won't be the same sort of barnstorming. 
as the yeah, start winning of every single just game. winning every game yeah. Um, but yeah certainly the, the size of the squad gives Levine a lot more options and there's more guys to come back so yeah um, OK we will move on let's go to Easter Road we'll stay in Edinburgh um, Hibernian uh, swept aside Wraith 3-1 another game that was from the, from the people who were there, um, I think I think it was Sean was just saying they just turned up and, and sat an eighteen yard line and, and basically waited for Hibs to score. So it can't really have been much of a much of an interesting afternoon for for the Rovers. But um, Hibs did what they had to do and kind of got themselves into the into the quarterfinals. Hibs obviously their cup record is, is tremendous in recent years, yeah. um, so not a huge surprise to see them once more in the last eight. But yeah, I, I suppose. The good thing for them was Mark McNulty getting off the um, off the mark. I also think we've got to give uh, Hibs a huge amount of credit for doing what Scottish football should have done for a very long time and completely ignoring you and Murray. Not the not the Wraith Rovers fullback. No, the Wraith Rovers fullback and the Andy. <laughs> That's the joke. It landed with me, Tom. Didn't quite get. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm too busy with the, the pressure of hosting. <laughs> I probably should have teed that up and given Hibs credit where it was due because they were thoroughly professional and Daryl Hogan, who's been their best player so far this season, I think quite comfortably looked in the mood. Didn't really need to be in the mood because um, the, for his first goal, Kyle Benedictus did some sort of weird break dance where he came, you know, like when he used to have to do shuttle runs <laughs> in, in, in like primary seven. Yeah. And he had to run and touch the ground and spin around and go the other direction. He did that and sort of came halfway, came, touched the ground, turned in completely the wrong direction for a, a relatively telegraphed shot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Horgan managed to... Uh, I thought the, finish. Clo- the close control was still very good from Horgan. Yeah. That goal. I, was he, I mean, he, he, wa- he was excellent throughout and that just looked a, a, a standout right through it. Um, Hibs, I mean, in, in a weird way, kind of similar to the Hearts game, they were just professional and they had better players and they looked like they were going to win and did. Yeah. And then... This is the point where I should have made my joke about Ewan Murray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when a corner came in and Ewan Murray, the Wraith yeah, Rovers fullback, was so allowed to run across the six-yard box and it was like, uh, someone's going to... I mean, no, 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 no one. The problem is that Ewan Murray, the uh, golf journalist slash arsehole, was... Um, <laughs> he blocked me on Twitter, so I don't know what he was saying. So I assume maybe there was an actual Ewan Murray, the golf journalist slash arsehole had maybe um, <laughs> maybe said something about Hibs which he, they had uh, around nah, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, not, let's not explain that. explaining a joke's bad enough but explaining not getting a joke is probably <laughs> even less fun so you know what he's like he'll have an opinion on everything yeah. and he'll talk about everything so you can just be rest assured that he will have made comment about something yes so nonetheless um, yeah Mark McNulty got his first goal for the club which I is um, good finish yeah I mean obviously he's, he's scored against League One and Championship level opposition before in Scotland. That's mm-hmm. not something we didn't we expected that he couldn't do. Um, but he looked like a number nine in that game. He looked like a guy who can be, and I think that's what um, Camberry needs. He needs a striker who he can link up with. He did it so well with McLaren in the second half of last season. Obviously, they never really got the time together this campaign because it seemed like one of them, one or the other, was always out. Yeah. Um, so if the two of them can link up again, then Hibs can maybe aim for the heady heights of uh, seventh place um, <laughs> this season. Um, anything else from that game? Nah, it wasn't. We'll move on to... Um, oh, the fact that it was delayed, but actually kicked off on time. Yeah, I mean that. Enjoyed that. <laughs> really enjoyed that. Yeah, we will delay the kick-off or, or not. <laughs> or actually, nah. Yeah. I like the fact some guys like turned up at Easter Road and he's heard that and he's like, I'll just go to the pub and then he's <laughs> sitting there at five past three and he's like, oh, fuck, what's happening? <laughs> uh, but no, we will move on to uh, Paisley 2021 Simple Digital Direct Superstore Arena, uh, where Dundee United... Um, I don't think you can call it a, an upset. Um, the lower league, Dundee United, defeated... Uh, they were relegated by United at Dens, I feel um, obliged to say. Um, lower league, Dundee United, um, beat top flight St Mirren and Paisley, um, two goals to one. A game which I think was most notable for some fantastic um, brutality. Absolutely. Just brutality. some top, top-notch brutality as well. Um, I, I think the elbow from McGinn on Smith yeah. is my favourite piece of brutality because yeah. got to they, be they, used, to they used to share a room yeah they used to room together so I don't know if there's been a wee f- a wee fallout 
Uh, it's one of the most blatant red cards yeah, I've ever yeah, seen yeah. in my life, by the way, um, because he, his elbow is about three yards out from his yeah, body yeah, when yeah. he makes contact. He actually is at pains to make the contact so, with so Smith. Sometimes um, in the other incidents, the Butcher one, Alan Powell's tackle, which we may talk about, are accidental challenges which just happen to be fucking, fucking awful yeah. uh, looking. Yeah. <laughs> McGinn, McGinn went for him, that was deliberate, that yeah. was a deliberate yeah. elbow. Yeah. It was premeditated, he knew what he was ah, doing. Do you think Butcher's was accidental? Well, I think he, yeah, maybe not. But <laughs> well, not, not, not when it's Callum Butcher, right enough, but... I don't, I don't know, like, Callum Butcher has got Flynn directly in his eye the entire <laughs> way to the ball. Yeah. It's not as if he's turning round and yeah, the ball's no, bouncing true. over him. He just, just wants think, to, he just wants to kick I, him I do just think, I remember Callum Butcher just being one of these guys that just is like a, a dog chasing a ball where he just, <laughs> like, he just sees the ball and tries to kick it no matter what's in the way of it, rather yeah. than saying... It was more like he didn't have any concern for his opponent's well-being rather than, I am going to kick him in the head, whereas yeah. I think McGinn was like, I am going to smash his face in. Yeah, I, the McGinn one was weird, and I, I still can't believe he wasn't sent off for it. it, yeah. was... it it's, he hits him in a way that, if anyone ever played Mortal Kombat 2, <laughs> <laughs> Sub-Zero used to hit people like that with like this sort of yes. backhand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was so, more thinking Ben Thatcher and Pedro Mendes well, I mean, sort of a, a diet version a different, a different frame of reference yeah. but you know either one works uh, and yeah. so absolutely wild that that wasn't picked up um, because he was booked how did well, he only book him only booked and and, um, and normally when you get normally after a game when like Robbie Nielsen was at great pains to say yeah you know, absolutely was a red card for the sort of flying lunch into the, into the testicles yeah. of my opponent, yeah. uh, um, and then sort of def- tries to deflect. But what about the other one? But it was absolutely yeah. justified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about Mortal Kombat, like the Callum Butcher one was like out of Tekken. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you used to do it when you just ran from a distance at the guy and kind of kicked him square on. But yeah. um, cause it was funny the picture of um, of Flynn and. Smith, where they both went, and like you, if you just saw the still image, you might be like, "Well, why would well, was one player given the red card and not the other?" Yeah. But when you watch, you know, because both feet are high, but when you watch it, it's like Flynn's kind of going after the ball, and then Butcher appears out of nowhere, like uh, <laughs> like Carlos Alberto scoring his goal in the um, World Cup final for Brazil, but he appears out of shot to battle the ball into the net. That was like Callum Butcher just appearing. Kind of from beyond everyone's viewpoint, just to lunge straight into him. It's it's almost as if. Craig Anderson that a still image doesn't tell the full story some, <laughs> and some people should stop fucking using still images you know to when, try and prove do you know when point? you can use still images What's that? offside decisions yeah if you show when the guy's kicked the ball uh-huh. is it across the line if you can yeah. show the, only if you can show it is across the line you can't show it wasn't a goal with a still <laughs> image because well maybe something happened before yeah. or after cherished family memories <laughs> nah 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 many nah. <laughs> videos yeah, don't be videos. daft it's, it's 2019 granddad don't be daft um, just on the game itself um, Safranco with the sort of weird flick yeah. goal yeah. thing um, he seems to be doing alright yeah, he's, 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 he's pretty decent obviously they've they've added to that with the likes of Osman so uh, coming in as well but it seems that United were worthy of that yeah the, that I mean the squad, the squad depth now is I mean uh, uh, they, as shown by the fact that the reserve team okay it was a strong reserve team beat Dundee 7-0 today yeah um, because they've got a lot of big players there now but yeah, yeah. it looked like and I mean I've not watched every single Dundee United game pity the poor fools that have in the last couple <laughs> of years but it did look like the last, the first time that I think Dundee United Looked good against a good team for a couple of years. Place to a bit a team that are theoretically better than them. A team, yeah, a team in the league above. And uh, <laughs> in, in spirit, point taken. Massive but shout out, yeah, massive shout out as well to Duckins Nazon for having the best name in the league. Yeah, um, yeah. he sounds like a baddie from Looney Tunes. <laughs> and he scored the kind of goal that that name deserves. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, and it's not his goal. It's gone about four yards wide. Uh, but yeah, Duckins. I noticed he was on Twitter trying to. Um, I don't know what he was doing, like auction off or his signed strip or something. He was tweeting about oh, really? his signed strip up from from a game when he lost, mate. The bold, the bold, the you bold too, Duckins. You too can remember the game we were papped out the Scottish Cup by Dundee United, and I scored a goal I did not deserve. <laughs> um, um, talking of uh, papped out of the Scottish Cup, we'll move to Methil, where East Fife were uh, papped out. Um, Unlike last week, where uh, they actually had to play a game of football to try and progress to the next round of a cup, and this time they could not achieve that. It was proper, like, 
um, as a man who's played a lot of Saturday League football, it was like, right, get the wind behind us in the first <laughs> half and try and score a goal because that's the wind was blowing right from one end of the pitch to the other. So East Fife had quite a lot of joy in the first half. Um, you know, Scott Linton was, was was doing some good things. They had some opportunities. Um, nothing too clear cut, but Thistle didn't really have that much um, in the way of, of opportunities themselves. They weren't really forcing the matter. Half time came, second half, Thistle had the win behind them and they won. They scored a goal uh, and, and that was. The that prolific, Stephen Anderson. The prolific. What? He yeah. just keeps scoring. Yeah. Um, is he not like. He's probably the top goal scorer now. He loves the kind of back post type. Oh, he yeah, adores yeah. it. Yeah. But, you know, he's, uh, he's obviously, a, I think, a big addition for Thistle. They've obviously um, had a brilliant 2019 mm-hmm. um, so far. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was. They got the big win in the cup, but Falkirk beat you. Hello in the league at the weekend, so even even when they win in the cup and get in the cup quarter final, they find themselves kind of yeah. falling further and further away. But um, there there are signs of life there that weren't there. Yes, um, in January um, yeah. or early January, so they obviously have set up a, a winnable game against Hearts. It's, I mean, they'll be um, strong, big underdogs for it, but I mean, for how. 100% on the TV we're talking about yeah. the Hearts yeah exactly um, talking about the Hearts away in a cup yeah. <laughs> there's no chance that's all our favourites but no absolutely obviously it's it's, it's well well Kent that uh, Thistle don't have the best record in the Scottish Cup no um, similar to that of Dundee for example uh, they've, they've gone a long long time without doing too much um, so the, I think mean, it's, it's a big win for them it was obviously a very favourable draw getting East Fife uh, but they still had to still had to see them away you know, East yeah, Fife yeah. had knocked out Morton in the last round so they knocked out Bohemians out of the um, Iron Brew Cup as well <laughs> as well as, uh, just by becoming the gods of ice <laughs> um, <laughs> waiting until they couldn't play the game anymore <laughs> but, I mean it's, I mean East Fife are probably pleased that they are so comfortably in the playoff places in League One because they have not played the league game in a while because yeah. they had um, last weekend's fiasco they had this weekend this coming weekend they're playing Ross County in the Challenge Cup semi-final yeah. so at some point they may play another league game and, and at that point but they've actually been overtaken or, or um, fourth up a level with them on points but they are going to be in the playoffs regardless to, so. to go back to my completely unfair Saturday uh, Saturday league analogy it's like that they'll end up with like nine games in the hand <laughs> But 27 points behind us. 11 well. days left of the season, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monday, Mon- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. 11 a.m., 5.40. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that it, it did seem a little bit like a game played as some sort of dare at parts of it. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, in, in various WhatsApp groups, people have shared the, the goalkeeper picking up his own clearance and getting a free kick given him I'm sure you can have explained oh, it, was a, it was a pass back so he, did, a pass he back. got a yep. pass back and it's just the equivalent of him picking up a pass back it's just that he happened to have a big looping 25 yard <laughs> kick in between um, but yeah. still the last touch before it came to yeah. him was from the defender and it was deliberately kicked back to the keeper would every ref have given it? Probably not, but he was probably corrected to do so. I think had nobody appealed, he would probably have let it go, but because he's yeah. five, he was like, well, no, I kind of have to give this. Yeah, that does sometimes happen. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I think it, it would have been a bigger talking point had they, had they scored, which they yeah. didn't even... I mean, getting an indirect free kick and not even looking like scoring is, um, is yeah. terrible patter. <laughs> um, Talking of terrible patter, uh, Stephen Gerrard Rangers uh, <laughs> drew nil nil at Rugby Park on Saturday night with nil nil. So we leave it till last, um, yep. and probably quite deservedly last actually because it was not much of a game. It wasn't too much quality in it. No, um, it was a lot of battling, which we thought would happen. Uh, some guy got kicked in the face. Not sure that's been covered yet, but yeah, yeah there, there wasn't really too much in the game. Um, my favourite part of the game is, is something that. That you pointed out on Twitter.com, which was uh, Daniel <laughs> yeah. Backman's penalty save ending up like basically as a shot on target yeah. on the other <laughs> the other end. It was uh, it was uh, incredible. I mean, you can see on the footage exactly where it ended up, but it must have at least cleared the halfway line. Ah, um, yeah, because you, you so it cuts away and it's about forty yards from goal off his boot and it's still going. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of. He, I mean, he's had quite a quite a week of it. He obviously saved, um, he gave gave away and saved a penalty yeah. um, in midweek against Dundee. He does the same again. And Kelly have got an incredible habit recently of 
big save. I think Steve Clark came in. That's the fourth big penalty save. In fact, sorry, I'll extend that to five big penalty saves, the big moments, which is um, his very first game in charge at Ibrox. Um, obviously, yeah. <laughs> laughing at the, at the thought of it. I've realised I could have uh, talked about that on the show on Friday night because that was magic. But Jamie <laughs> McDonald saving one in the last minute at Ibrox at 1-0 down, sending it up the park for Chris Bott to score an equaliser. That was... Ludicrous, yes, yeah. absolutely delightful. Um, we had um, at Tynecastle last minute, Jamie McDonald saved one. Um, one then. This season, there's been three big ones um, against Motherwell at Rugby Park. We were 1 0 down. Aaron Taylor Sinclair took an enormous dive for a penalty, and Jamie McDonald saved it, um, at which point we went on and, and won 3 1. Midweek, Dundee, um, a game where we played poorly, but then were battering the door down, and somehow. Essentially, everyone went up as if we were getting beat. Where yeah. Phil, Phil Beer at Park conceded the penalty, Bachman saved it out, and then he, and then he done it again. Um, it's it's about mentality, and it's about the fact that I mean, there, there must be some luck involved as well, but there does seem to be this you know strong mentality around, which which is what gets you over the line in these things. Yeah. And on that mentality, I certainly after that moment, it didn't really at any point feel like Rangers were going to score. Nor aside from the the goal scramble we had, did um, I ever think we were going to score? It was yeah. it was just tepid. It, it does seem that although they've added to the quality of the squad and they look like they they look like that there's a bit more about them than there was sort of six weeks ago. They still miss Morelos yeah. so much when yeah. he's not there, and there's nobody. Yet, there's not really another player like him in Scotland, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I thought. Stephen Gerrard's excuse of the they had the midweek war with Aberdeen and all the travel like it was some different time zone. He came <laughs> rather than like, yeah, we had to travel for two and a half hours and, and we stayed back. overnight. Can't and then to come we back could, from Dundee. They probably went back on the bus on Wednesday night. Like, it's not uh, even like parochial managers saying, oh, you know, yeah, we had to go up to Scotland. It's like this is a player who's <laughs> spent his entire career jetting around Europe, who at one point in the latter half of his career was commuting to Los Angeles <laughs> to play football. But uses it as an excuse. Yeah, well, we did have all the travel of like getting up the A90. It's a bit of a bolly. Jesus. <laughs> Um, um, yeah. But no, like I say, it it, it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty tense affair without having a huge amount of quality other than uh, an excellent high quality kick in the face of Ryan Jack, which I can get behind. <laughs> Everyone can, and that's uh, including the compliance officer. You know, um, you've, they've they've got this thing down in uh, certainly using it down in England now, where you can sort of um, take a three D look at the game. But you are at the eyes of one of the players, so it's, it's a real life scenario. But it's a sort of video footage, and, and you are, you are the player taking the penalty or something. You would love to be Alan <laughs> and just have the view of Ryan Jack's face. Yeah. I mean, they could, they could like set up a virtual reality and Archie Simpsons and Aberdeen and <laughs> charge five pounds a go and people would do that over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a very niche kink. <laughs> From talking points from the game, put say from that, uh, Yusuf Molenbu made his um, his first start since returning. I thought he was he was the best player on the park. Um, As he had, so often yeah, is. He had a couple of moments where he you know gave the ball away, but that was from trying to make you know he, at the end he was trying to set off a counter attack and put Rangers essentially straight through. Um, and Defoe skewed it wide because he's shite. And um, <laughs> apart from that, yeah, he was good. And I'm still really impressed by uh, Connor McAlaney, who's um, just he's got a really good touch. He's, he's not Greg Stewart, but he's at least the same type of player. He was always promising when he was coming through at Everton. Uh, had a few sort of injury worries as well, no, but yeah, he's he's a good player um, and, and yeah. very much, especially with Brophy out, um, just because. We saw last last week. Mikel and Jolly is not the answer. Oh, it's centre forward to any question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apart from what is Michael and Jolly's name. Yeah. Um, so that set up. Um, <laughs> really good. Wasn't it? John and Jolly. Uh, so yeah, that set up a, um, an, another replay on next Tuesday night, uh, next Wednesday night, which I will not be able to attend. Uh, disappointingly, but um, I mean Kelly are. They're always tight games with these two, and so you wouldn't be a surprise at all either to see that one. I mean, again, 
could go on this 4-0 but you wouldn't be at all surprised to see it just again being a really tense yeah. second game as well that's um, why I'm, I'm sort of enjoying the look of a lot of these Scottish Cup games that are coming up even though obviously it's not the quarter final with Kelly Rangers yeah. it's a replay but Kelly are so strong in Glasgow just now and then Hibs got Celtic at yeah. home and Celtic then, don't know how to beat Hibs at Easter Road uh, under Rodgers if, so. if Rangers do beat us it's like the gauntlet they're having to run because then they have to go to Pataudry or, or we have to go to Pataudry that's, that's a lot of travelling isn't it it's going to affect the league it's going to affect the title race if they maybe, they maybe throw the cup game in midweek just to avoid that like as if they're flying to Far East Russia <laughs> Um, it's always quite good in the cup draw though that when nobody you, you suspect nobody's really chuffed with yeah. who they've got I mean there are definitely better or work, but there always was going to be with with who's there but nobody's going to be like definitely yeah definitely everyone's going to be a little mm. at least a little yeah, concerned whoever, whoever went I mean assuming that Dundee United or Ross County don't win the cup and I mean that's still a big assumption they're, they're, or, or they're all capable of it Whoever does win it out of the remaining clubs will have, have had to work for it however they, yeah. they go past, which most of the time you do, but occasionally a team does just seem to kind of stumble their way through um, without being anyone good, but that's yeah. not going to happen this year. No. Um, okay, that's uh, that brings us to the end of this evening's Terrace Scottish Football Podcast uh, on this Tuesday, Monday, and we <laughs> will, um, you'll be back, back with you on... Thursday, um, I Thursday. think I think there are some some perhaps trolls being bodied on Thursday night. I've heard um, rumours of trolls being bodied. Um, yeah. So yeah. that was something to look forward to. Uh, Tom and I have already recorded the Patreon, which is about um, no touches on um, a pitch invasion um, or a stage invasion by Duncan Mackay on <laughs> during Friday night's live show, which um, those of you who attended will know what we mean, and those of you who don't, you should have attended. Um, <laughs> <coughs> sorry. I've, that's some good audio for you. Jeez, <laughs> um, just recalling, Dunk. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, so thanks for your time. Uh, we can be contacted in a number of ways. Uh, Terrace Podcast on Twitter, at Terrace Podcast. We're, we're on the Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, Terrace Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Again, uh, Patreon, there's three different tiers you can sign up to with a variety of different interesting things. If you enjoyed what you've heard and you want to hear more, that's where to go. Um, so just leaves me to say thank you to you, Rob. Thanks very much. Thank you, Tom. Cheers. And thank you, Craig. Sports Social Podcast Network.